Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series, as always, powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Ronnie, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we'll focus on the importance of a company culture that promotes personal growth with two RSPA members who were recently elected to the RSPA Board of Directors. Our first guest today is Laura Coggins, a channel sales executive at Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions. She's worked in the retail IT industry for over 35 years, starting in her family's electronic cash register business. In 2000, she joined Tech America in the support department before moving into sales leadership at Toshiba. Laura's been an active on several RSPA committees, including marketing, the 75th anniversary working group, and the membership committee, which we have a call right after we record this podcast today. And she's attended RSPA events for nearly 20 years. Hey, Laura, always great to talk with you. Hey, thank you. for. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to be here. And we'll keep each other on track from a timing standpoint to make sure we're, we're not late for our meeting. Punctuality okay. is, is something yeah. we need to do. I know, I know our, the guy that runs that meeting. We'll be okay. <laughs> uh, our second guest is Travis Hare. He's the Director of Hospitality Solutions at ISV VAR Hybrid DCR Point of Sale Systems in Nashville. Travis joined DCR as a help desk agent in 2012. And just like Laura, he's been active in the RSPA, including as an education committee member, and he now serves as the board liaison to the RSPA Next Gen community. Hey, Travis, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. No, always a pleasure. Always enjoy talking to you guys one-on-one -on -one and glad to do it here uh, in this setting. So again, we're going to talk personal growth today. So I think it's important for our audience to understand your personal journey, because I think as a lot of folks know, right, you see somebody in the leadership position, you're like, man, they just fast track there. But the road is like rarely smooth and fast and it's never easy. So I'm hoping each of you can share your your stories about where you started and how you got to where you are today. Laura, if you can go first and kind of walk us down that path, we'd appreciate it. Sure, I'd be happy to. So like you mentioned, I started in a family business. We were selling electronic cash registers and literally I started right out of college. So when my dad needed a secretary to fill in, I was that person and my mom was like, don't do it. Um, so I was a cash register secretary installer during the day and doing college at night, right? So um, I did that for 14 years and I actually had a representative from Tech America reach out to me and said, hey, you have so much potential. Not that I wanna take you away from your family business, but you are a leader and I think you should apply at Tech America. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you don't see the value in yourself. Somebody else does. So it's important to express that value in people. So, you know, that year I did that application. I applied. Even the HR person at Tech America said this is going to be a little bit of a culture shock for you coming from a family business to corporate America, right, where it, it was different. But I was so ready. Um, I was welcomed. I was a team player. I'm inquisitive as well, right? I wanted to know more and more and more about this business. So, you know, a few years later, we had that acquisition where we joined the I, the RSS division and we became Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions. But what I have, I think really the important part is listening. Listening and just taking it in. Just taking it in, being a sponge and asking questions. Um, sometimes I seem a little reserved. 
I might seem like I'm maybe not quite paying attention, but really what I'm doing is I'm taking it all in so I can ask questions, get the details about it, be that person as a team player and support those people that are around me. Uh, so uh, two quick questions. Thank you for that. Uh, first, what was your parents' reaction when you're like, I'm applying for a job <laughs> and I'm going to leave the family business? That seems like it wouldn't be easy. It, you know, it wasn't, but they were very proud of me. Um, you know, starting out as, quote, the secretary of the business, I I enjoyed being part of, you know, the installations. So I started doing cable, building cables and soldering in the back when they needed help. I started going out on installations. Um, I actually started selling hardware. Uh, you know, through those 14 years, you take on many hats when you have a family business. I enjoyed talking. I enjoyed promoting our business, and that's really was my forte. Um, so the more I learned about the backside of our business from the technical side, it really helped me to be able to talk about the hardware from a sales perspective as well. And I just I was encouraged. My mom was encouraging. My dad said, let's do it. Um, and I did. And to this day, they are very proud of me and my dad having um, a competitive background. Um, he was very proud to wear that Toshiba golf hat that I would give him. So awesome. I, I love it. And if we ever start a soldering committee inside the RSPA, we know we'll reach out to you uh, yes. for guidance. Uh, Travis, tell us, tell us about your path, uh, how you got from where you were uh, and to where you are today. So I really wouldn't be here uh, without a couple of people taking a chance on me. Um, so like so many folks, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after college. I taught for a year and I didn't like it very much. So I wound up going back to school. Um, and this was, you know, 08, 09, something like that, uh, back for computer information systems and graduated. Then there was not very many jobs at the point. Um, I sent out a lot of resumes. It was almost a year to the day where I sent a resume to to DCR before I got a call back to try to get a job. Um, and I honestly didn't know what I was coming in for. But uh, a guy that uh, a guy that I I knew from the position that I had before, and I was I worked maintenance at a bowling center. It's that's what I did beforehand: trash, patching drywall changing ballasts and light light uh, light fixtures things like that um so he told me that i could do a lot more and be a lot better so i got a job working help desk at data and my uh my manager at the time andy dickinson who's also big time involved with uh, the sts committee and some other committees in in uh in rspa as well he saw sort of the same thing. He said, you can do a lot more than just be in the help desk. And he wanted to take me to a retail now because he thought I would get a lot out of it. I went to a retail now and career went off from there. Um, since then I've, I've gone back to school again to get an MBA and I'm now I'm on the RSPA board and you know, things are, things are good from from where I was a decade ago, um, literally scrubbing toilets and doing maintenance to try to figure out 
what I wanted to be sitting with two degrees, not doing very much with them to uh, now where I have a, of a career. I'm, I'm a very blessed person. Yeah. No, those are, those are both great stories. I, I really like that. And we're going to tie in and get some more of the per- personal stories as well, but I also want to blend it in with the, uh, the company culture. And so uh, Laura, if you can talk about your role at the company and share, so folks who aren't familiar with Toshiba, like how big is it? Where do they fit in the channel? And then describe as much in as much detail as you can, like the company culture, if uh, Laura can go first and, and then Travis, uh, Laura, talk about uh, Toshiba and its company culture. Yes. Um, so, you know, we are a Japanese owned company. Um, when I started in the business at Tech America in Atlanta, I actually started in the support center. And I can honestly say about every two years I was promoted within the company. So I went from support to a product manager to a channel rep to a direct seller for Family Dollar, supporting them for eight years to business development. Um, and I think I really had a unique perspective coming from a family business and that cash register world to corporate America. Um, Toshiba is 72 years old now, Toshiba Tech Corporation. Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions, where I'm sitting right now in Raleigh, North Carolina, is only 10 years young. Um, Even though we acquired the IBM division, we um, together collectively as a company, right, we're over 140 years old when you combine those two corporations together. I did put a few notes down just so I could have the the total numbers, um, you know, globally. We're about 3,000 strong globally as a company. Um, In Americas, we're about 2,000 strong. U.S. here, we have 1,500 employees. And right here in RTP, we have 500 in our office. And that's engineers, it's developers, it's our HR, it's our accounting. Everybody is here in Raleigh, North Carolina. But we also down the street have our tri-center, which has our manufacturing for our self-checkout units. And that's about 150 strong, so about 100,000 square foot warehouse down the street. But I will say, you know, we have a new CEO on board that came on board in November of 2020. And he really had a different perspective about the business. He is very channel focused. His name is Rance Polar. He's our present CEO. And he came in and we kind of took a new direction and really got down to what are Toshiba's core values. And I kind of wrote that down so I could make sure I hit every topic on that just briefly, but we are retail. And if we break that out, um, it's respect, empowerment, teamwork, adaptability, integrity, and leadership. And Rance is very big on empowering his employees. He wants us to be empowered. He wants us to listen to the voice of the customer, listen to our channel business partners and bring that back to the business with what we need to do to grow our business and to support those retailers and our channel partners. And that's so important from, you know, the outside looking in. Um, But inside our company as a culture, we've also taken on um, some diversity and inclusion initiatives. So we have definitely some um, networking groups within the building. We have a group called Black, which is Black Latina, African, African American, and Caribbean, which really takes on fostering those um, communities and forging those conversations. We have a Valor group for the veterans in the group, and I'm associated with that particular network, and that's veterans and allies providing leadership opportunity and relationships and really promoting veterans. And then lastly, we have a women's network, um, much like the RSPA that has the women's in technology, 
we do the same here. We do participate in um, educational technology and um, really build out the community for a safe, um, non-judgmental environment for um, women in technology. So from a culture standpoint, this really, it, I feel like for me, this is home for me. I feel very comfortable in my position as um, a female in technology. Um, the, the position I am with my peers, we have a very close family network when it comes to my peers, but I also know I can walk down the hallway and, and speak and talk to the executives that I see, you know, in the cafeteria. So um, culturally, I wouldn't work anyplace else. This is where, yeah, this is where I belong. And you were gracious enough you invited me up because I moved to Raleigh uh, a few months ago. And so I got to visit. I guess the, the vibe that I got, not just from talking to you, but walking through the building, talking to other folks is like all those things you describe, you can see somebody saying, well, sure, a corporation is going to do that, but it really isn't integrated into the business. It really seemed like that was the backbone of the business, right? It wasn't just you know, these committees just to say we have a committee. And I guess, am I understanding that correctly? It seemed like it was really ingrained into every. Yeah, every, every corner of the business, you're going to see that culture of single individual who. Yeah, it's all right. It. I think we had a little bit of a Wi-Fi connection glitch there, but yeah, you're right. We we focus on bringing, you know, our engineers are on the top floor. We have a four story building. Then you have development as well. We took you on that tour. We're very passionate about bringing the teams together, including our tri center that's down the street. Even though they're down the street, we come together a couple times a year and, and have a barbecue on the back lawn um, and really just bring all those groups together because the more we can visit and associate and collaborate together on a personal aspect, it makes it much easier day to day from a business standpoint as well. You feel very comfortable reaching out to those people when you need assistance and guidance. Great, thank you. Travis, talk about DCR. I'm guessing slightly less than, slightly fewer than 3,000 employees. Yeah, just a few less. Uh, <laughs> so we're we are actually um, probably a, a, a moderately sized uh, VAR reseller uh, at about 50 people um, across really four divisions. So there's the, the grocery retail division, there's a hospitality division, uh, there's uh, on-site field services, and then there's sales. Um, direct reports, I only have about seven uh, that are in the hospitality department. And uh, it's a real family business. So a set of brothers uh, sold the business to a set of brothers, um, was their nephew uh, and son. Um, so it's it's a it's a family it's always been based around the family and now the two son-in-laws um are are really the some of the the faces of the of the business so um we get to the opportunity to be with our owners every day so in the office and we're in a little of a of a hybrid sort of uh work environment um I don't go a day without speaking to one or both of the owners of the of the company, which most folks can't say. Um, I don't know that I could ever go to a big corporation because I'm just not used to the bureaucracy or kind of the corporate minutia. 
that you have to, to to deal with. Like, there's just some things that are are handled much easier in a in a small family business, um, and that's kind of the that's sort of the culture that 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 we have. So we can't we we don't have the the a massive diversity because we don't have a massive amount of people, things like that. But uh, we do have a diverse work group, lots of people from lots of backgrounds, uh, lots of people with different education levels uh, from different parts of the world. Um, and they have a lot of different ideas, which is great. I mean, that's the most important part of, of, of uh, having that, that uh, company culture. It's a lot of different ideas coming in that funnel together to make one, one, one uh, path of growth. Got it. Thanks. And so, and then Travis, can you expand upon how, like, there's clearly, you know, your stories, your, your story and Laura's stories are obviously have differences, but there's a lot of, you know, at the end results, right? There's some similarities with that. Like I saw you both, you know, work to better yourself, right? You took a big shot at doing that. You both had people who, you know, encouraged you and said, you can be more, you can be better than, than where you are right now. Can you talk about uh, first Travis from a DCR standpoint, how have they created a culture that encourages employees to grow and how do they balance focusing on productivity, like take care of the customers, take care of the customers while also mm -hmm. helping you expand your knowledge and skills. So talk about how DCR does it. And then uh, we'll ask Laura how Toshiba does it. So, so first there's, there's really no, there's really no relevant experience to the job. Um, and most of the folks who are in the ISV or the VAR community will, will understand that when you hire people, you hire the person rather than hiring a skill set. So it, everybody that I've ever hired and everybody who's, you know, uh, been hired around me has had that same shot taken on them, right? I'm giving you a, an, an opportunity to grow and learn this business because I mean, there's probably a, a thousand people in the world who, uh, who have absolute relevant experience. So we have folks with uh, history education, um, but the way that they develop us is to push us to be involved in professional organizations like the RSPA um, to to do more with education. So take classes on your own, get really involved into the LMS uh, or a learning management system, um, and then just to have somebody at the top leading by example. So seeing many of the guys go back and finish degrees seeing many of the the guys go and get certifications that that won't necessarily help them in their day-to-day -day job but just to promote that uh person is, is important and that you know fun That's the most important thing, not whether you've been, you know, run that network. Are you representative of DCR? I grew up uh, Business Solutions Magazine was changed to publish it by two others, like you uh, had, mm -hmm. uh, and they were.
and and we can teach them the skills later. And I forget us. And at the end of the day, we hire them not. Then they get out of the room. Hey, can they like? I guess we'll find out. Like, and we've got a training program, and it was like yep. we went to that extreme degree uh, in order to find out. Now, I will say we did end up adding a rating test to make sure. Uh, you know, it really starts foundational uh, with releases the culture rather than just what you know it says you're supposed to do it's it's really by those actions so uh laura talk about um you know from a toshiba standpoint how have you been encouraged to grow and uh talk about the balance of building your skills while at the same time getting stuff done yeah well i think um i think travis kind of nailed it right it really is a hands-on type business um depending on where you're starting from right if you're in marketing um, you do have to come in and kind of, you still have to learn the business. This is a unique business that we're in. Um, we're servicing others. Um, from my perspective, right, I'm I'm enabling my, my partners to sell my hardware. Um, when I started out in the family business, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is cash registers, right? I give the money to the person across the counter. She puts it in the cash drawer. But from Inside the business, you really have to learn, you know, is that sales 101, their pain points. What do they need? What, how can you serve them? Um, but Travis is right. You, you, this is very much a hands-on business and you have to know your skill set. I believe that everybody, all of us have a little, we have a little bit of sales in all of us. We have a little bit of technical in all of us. We have a little bit of marketing in all of us. And what is your forte? Um, mine happens to be talking. So I, I love promoting. I love, you know, learning more. I often say that I'm technically challenged, but I also know enough to make me dangerous that I have to lean on my team. So, you know, we have all hands calls every month that we bring the whole company together. Cut Twice a year, we do a, a sales team meeting and we bring in our technical teams and our product teams and we learn what's coming down you know, the pike in the future. Um, but I think most of all, what's really important internally is we do an individual, individual development plan and that is really focusing on ourselves. So it's kind of that SWOT, right? What's our strength? What's our weaknesses? Where do we need to learn? What do we need to learn? How do we learn? And it's really taking that honest inside look at yourself of where can I grow? And, so and, can I just ask, is that like a form that you fill out or is it a conversation with your manager? Like, uh, can you give us a picture of, of exactly what that is? It very much is a go in our portal and fill it out on yourself. Right. And it's questions it's, it's, it's questions on, you know, where do you see yourself in a year? Where do you see yourself in five years? What are your strengths? Um, how do you work with your teammates? You know, what can you offer as mentorship? Um, we do that individually. And then we have a review later with our manager for our performance reviews, right? So, um, but, you know, if you don't, if you don't look at yourself and always, I, I feel like there's always something we can learn. There's always something we can share with somebody. It's how you accept that. Um, when I see somebody that that says something or doesn't have something accurate when we're doing a presentation, and a lot of times we prep for our presentations, you know, it's that constructive criticism that you always have to take. So 
um, you know, RSPA is a prime example. We have the breakout sessions there. NRF has breakout sessions. Um, it's those sessions that you sit in on and you learn more um, that you take back to your company and ask, can we have a class on this? Can you bring a speaker in? Um, and it's, I think it comes down to asking, right? We always have to ask and we always have to look. I know there are several um, courses in um, for RSPA and Accelerate that you can take as well. And we have internal courses that we can take on our products here for us to have that knowledge base um, for us to go share that with our partners. Sometimes vendors go to the event and they just go to the trade show floor and then they're like, well, the breakout sessions, those are for the VARs or for the ISVs, but it's such a great place to learn what's going on with the VARs and the ISVs and maybe meet some of those folks. So I don't know if you want to say an amen to that, uh, Laura, but like I, it always slays me that, you know, the vendors decide that that's not for them. I'm not saying all vendors, but the vast, vast majority of them, uh, the individuals do not go to those education sessions. So if you, I guess if any, any words you can say to encourage vendors to uh, attend those breakouts. I make every attempt to get to a breakout and a lot of times our team will break will split up right and take several of the classes because we are all interested in many of them but we try to split up a little bit so that we can take in all the courses and you know and the breakout sessions that are there and offered and sometimes we can't because we're there's something in the booth there's a little bit of a, yeah. a fire we have to put out at the booth or whatever that may be but yes there is always something that we walk away from at those events and those breakout sessions, they're very valuable from every standpoint of our business. Got it. Great. Thank you for that. So we're going to take a, a quick pause here to let our listeners and viewers know an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. Annual memberships for VAR start at just $250 a year. That's only 68 cents a day. I do have to say as an aside, Laura, I was thinking maybe I could skip this so we can get to the membership committee on time, but I'm thinking the membership committee would not be happy if I didn't plug membership and, and sacrifice it. So got to do it. So, all right. So for just 68 cents a day, you get dozens of high value services, including access to a legal advisor, a security advisor, and access to leading retail IT VAR executives. You also have exclusive e-learning programs through the RSP Academy Accelerate and a college scholarship program for the families of RSP members. Vendors and software developers benefit from RSP membership as well through introductions of VAR and ISV members and by showcasing their solutions through the exclusive RSPA Solution Center and at the Summer Trade Show Retail Now. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, we want to thank our sponsors who support the RSPA and make the community and this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors, Blue Star. Our gold sponsors, our brother, CoCard, Heartland, ScanSource, and Shift4. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. That's membership at gorspa.org. All right, I won't get in the doghouse with the membership uh, yeah. committee. All right, uh, Travis, can you take uh, this next one? We have a few minutes left. We do want to talk uh, and keep diving deeper into this. You guys have provided great information so far. Can you talk about the importance of a mindset that focuses on serving others versus helping yourself to move up the ladder, right? Like people have heard, you know, they've heard up to this point where you started, how you've moved up to the organization, Laura, where she started, how she moved up. But it really, you guys have done that through helping other people, and you've, you've kind of stressed that already. But it's kind of counterintuitive, right? To move ahead, you have to put others first. Travis, can you take that one first? So I believe very much that you get out of this world what you put into it 
So you just, you, you reap what you sow, right? Um, and that servant leadership is, it, it goes beyond um, what it means to me is that you help others, even if it hurts yourself. So uh, just a, a, a quick example was I had a, a young man who'd worked with us for a number of years and was absolutely experiencing super burnout, needed to make a change, needed to do something different. Uh, that opportunity was not there for him at DCR. And rather than, you know, being selfish enough to to say, hey, what can we do to, to keep you? I helped him write his resume for a new job. Um, that really hurts us. It does because he was a valuable member. But I would rather have someone happy, mentally healthy, and who loves to come to work for, for DCR instead of somebody who's just burn out from doing the same thing for a decade or, or two decades or however long it might be. Um, the other thing really is, you know, just if, if you work together as a team, so when you work with somebody on, on a team and something goes sideways, the minute that you do, uh, that you, that you blame or deflect anything, um, that, that starts to put up walls between yourself and the people that you work with and the people that, that you're entrusting to be the face of, of your organization. So it's very important as a leader to take all of the criticism and, uh, and all of the blame and accept none of the credit. So the, that's the most important advice that I could give anybody in the world. Um, if you want to be a leader, take all of the blame and give all of the credit. Well said, and I'm going to uh, look on my bookshelf behind me. Um, yeah, I have, to, I have to move my own book because it was blocking. There's a book called Multipliers. I don't know if anybody's ever read, any of our listeners have ever read the, that book, but it's by Liz Wiseman. And it talks about what you mentioned, Travis, where, and it was really eye-opening to me, it's not just how you advance people inside your own organization. Sometimes it's advancing them to a different organization. And that's really what the top managers do is they don't cap the potential growth of person. Now we're not encouraging everybody to leave an organization, no. right? Obviously, Travis and, and Laura found success inside of theirs, but that was really eye-opening to me in terms of, are you helping the person to help that person? Or are you helping them as far as it's gonna benefit you? Uh, and it gives you know a lot of examples of, of managers who went on. And it is kind of funny, um, uh, the story that I mentioned earlier about the writer who we hired, Kenny Wright, we were like, I don't know, but he's a good person. Uh, that person now uh, partnered with another one of our writers and launched their own content business. And they're doing very well today. And I can say that's more gratifying than seeing them just you know, do well inside of the organization. So again, if anybody's thinking, I don't agree with Travis, well, Liz Wiseman and Multipliers uh, have something to say about a book I, I strongly, strongly uh, recommend. So, uh, uh, Laura, uh, do you want to build on that? Uh, anything you want to uh, add in terms of that mindset of focusing on others first? Well, from a vendor standpoint, right, we're not often seen. So we're the en enabler. We are the ones that are evangelizing our partner channel. So we're often in the background supporting that partner, either from a sales perspective, marketing perspective, um, just you know, offering them the assistance that we can from a sales point of view. Sometimes we're 
we're selling with the partners and sometimes we're on you know on the same calls in the same office with those retailers selling side by side representing Toshiba but going in as their strategic partner to support that channel partner so sometimes we're often in the background and we're not part of that success until we hear yay I'm sending you the PO um, other times we're right there when the PO is handed over hey you guys you know you nailed it let's do this so you know it's a high and a low because sometimes you're waiting and sometimes you know you've won the opportunity and there's other times that you're just you know right there when it happens but you know from a from a mentor standpoint um you know we kind of hire new people we have new people that come and come in and kind of go um we decided about two years ago that we were going to grow our canadian team um when we did that that meant laura was going to lose her canadian retailers I was going to lose my Canadian partners. I'm half Canadian. So, you know, that kind of like you're taking. But my you didn't family. you didn't lose that, right? You right. at least got I to retain that. that. OK, um, good. I'm not going to tell you which half, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so you kind of felt like, wait, you know, I've spent almost two and a half years building up this these relationships with these retailers and building up, you know, those um, relationships with those Canadian partners that I've known for years. I've known them probably as long as I've been in the business. But, you know, you also have to take a little bit of pride that you're sharing what you know um, with that person that's taken over that position. And they're going to be as they can only be successful if you set them up to success. Um, we don't want to set them up to fail and we don't want to be um, that person that is going to, you know, not share every bit of knowledge. I mean, I can share so much with these new hires that they're just overload. And, you know, they walk away thinking, oh, my gosh, if this is what you know, this job is going to be, I can't do it. Well, you're not going to be able to do it in one day. You know, like we said earlier, you know, this is a very much a hands on position. And for you to step into this, um, you know, business, then you need to come in with an open, fresh mind. And um, that's what we're here for is to share with everybody that either joins RSPA the new attendees, those next generations that's coming up. And I think that's a big part of what we're doing is is sharing with them on how they can grow in this industry. And Laura, can I ask you if I can dive a little bit deeper? And I feel like uh, when I was in ERA, I worked down the hallway from a psychotherapist. And so I'm channeling uh, that psychotherapist asked this question. You're probably getting really nervous at this now. But uh, when you were giving up your Canadians, my guess is your initial reaction wasn't like, great. Like there was probably some element of, well, this stinks and I wish I didn't have to do that. Can you talk about how you then overcome that? Because again, folks who have servant leadership, like Travis said, it's not that they're like not humans, right? We all have our human feelings, but then you end up saying, okay, I have to sacrifice this. Can you talk about wrestling with those feelings or am I just uh, assuming you had those feelings? Uh, of course I had those feelings, I'm human. Um you know you're right because i was like hey wait a minute i just spent two and a half years through covid of building these retailers up building these you know resellers and the partner channel community up and really getting to know them um i had a lot of resistance as well too because i was not in canada and i was in the us um my only little bit of um I guess salvation there was um, I've known so many of them from many years of RSPA, right? So we had that connection already. Um, 
it was difficult to turn them over. It really was. I mean, I'm still in that mentoring stage where with the retailers, right, they joined right in the middle of a rollout about to happen. So I had to, I'm still on, you know, weekly calls with them, making sure that number one priority is the customer is taken care of. Yeah. Um, and that's the same priority I had with turning over my, you know, the retailers and I, or not retailers, the resellers. And I say yeah. mine because they all are. Yeah our business, right? If I go to Nashville, I know right now that my peer, um, Paul Barry, will not mind me walking into data cash register, right? If I say, hey, Paul, I'm going to be in Nashville, I'm going to stop in and say hi to Travis. He's like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. because we have such a tight network um, in our channel sales team that, um, you know, to me, it was setting our team up for more success because if we do ever shut down again, I can't cross the border. And it was a rude awakening, yeah. um, even though we were able to manage through all of that. It's very um, it's very positive for me knowing that we are investing in Canada to have that team in place. They can just drive down the street and, and say hello, knock on their door, sit with them and collaborate. And since then, they have been growing the business there. So it's very positive yeah. and, and I'm very happy with it. And and I'm kind of like that proud parent of, yay, yeah, you know, yeah. you're doing good. Keep going. Yeah. So, and, and I do, I do kind of hang on a little bit because I do look forward to those weekly calls still to connect with them because there's still that business relationship. But through those two and a half years, we, you know, you personally get to know these people. So, yeah, but that's yeah, not in say, my nature not to support somebody. Well, I'll say a few comments on that. You you went to like, what was the goal of this whole thing? It's not just for me to keep these people forever. How are they going to be best served? What's going to be best for them and the organization? And sometimes that means you, you have to play a different role. I'll also say um, for but both of you guys, we mentioned at the outset, you both got elected to the board of directors. Uh, you both uh, got, there were three the, like the top vote getters got three year terms and you guys were two of the three who got three year terms. All three folks who got the three year terms all volunteered at retail now to sacrifice their time to collect for the scholarship program. You're not going to benefit directly from the scholarship program, right? But you were doing that out of the goodness of your heart. And so I've always said, I don't know if that was causation or correlation or karma, uh, but either way, like you guys, I don't know. But uh, I guess uh, if anybody else who wants to run for the board in the future, volunteer uh, from, from the scholarship program. But again, you guys weren't, weren't asking for that. I'll also say really quickly, so one story this kind of reminds me of is um, at Jameson, and this ties in with company culture, we had a deal where um, we had a company lunch that we would go out to, it was Haas's restaurant. If it was your birthday or your anniversary, we bought your lunch. Well, then we started doing in the summer, people said, how about we have a picnic? And we said, great. And we had everybody like pick an item, you know, to bring. Well, we needed everybody to bring some sort of an item, even the people at anniversaries or birthdays. And one person came up to me and said, I am not gonna participate in this because my birthday is in July and you're making me spend money instead of buying me lunch. And I had to say to them, like, it's 99 cents for a bottle of ketchup, right? Like, why are you putting this in front of, like, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. And that person eventually did not work out for the company. Um, but it's just one of those things of like, in all things big and small, think about other folks, don't put yourself uh, first. So I just, I'll never forget, like, couldn't believe it. Like, 
you know, ketchup's 99, a bottle of mustard, 79 cents, you know, back at that time, like, why, why don't you do that? But some, some people don't. So you gotta, you gotta have that mindset. So, all right, we've got just a few minutes left. I want to get to these last two questions. Travis, if you can start with this, you know, we said at the outset of our conversation, the path to leadership's never easy. Can you talk about the lowest point of your career and then what you learned from it and how it shaped in? I apologize for having you do that as quickly as possible, but if you could, that'd be great. It's okay. So, um, lowest point in my career was really right before, uh, COVID shutdowns, our building was struck by, uh, by a tornado in Nashville. Um, it disabled us, disabled us from our customers. Uh, we weren't able to contact our clients or use remote access tools or any of the stuff that we always have done, but that really wasn't the part that was the lowest in my career because we got the phone systems up the same day. We were communicating with, with each other and with our clients just it, within hours. The value that I thought that I brought the company was that of expert, so of, of expertise. So I thought that I was in my position because I was the best at it. Um, and it was almost like manic behavior somebody would take a phone call in the office i'm listening i'm fixing it behind them okay uh so that they're off the phone right away and now i'm you're taking that away from me so the thing that i feel like is giving me the the power and the position that i was in i no longer have so i have to go back and you know, reconfigure the <laughs> the value that I, I bring to the to the company. And that really took me the better part of a year. Uh, you know, through training processes and things that I've I've had to develop and the way that I've had to develop personally. Um so I've had to change a lot of my leadership tactics and also trust my team that they are doing the things that they're supposed to do and and uh, and being that great representative, so a lot of personal growth had to come out of that. A lot of of uh, you know letting go, um, and and you know letting my team fail, not being you know just so afraid that they would fail, um, and you know or or now, not do it your way, right? That's not, part. Of and and that that autonomy is now part of what I sell when I, when I'm doing an interview as part of the sales pitch to come and work for, for DRs. Hey, you know, you're not, not going to be me. You're going to be you and you do it the best that you can. And as long as those align with the values and the principles that, that we have here at data, then everything's going to be great and you're going to be a great addition to the team. And at the, great thing ultimately it just took a while to to kind of grow out of yeah thank you for that i appreciate you sharing that uh laura uh, talk about the low point of your career yeah i thought about this quite a bit was um probably i could nail it down to the day um it would be june 7th of 2012 and the reason i say that is um, a year prior to that, we had reduced our company size at Toshiba Tech America. We went down from about 170-something in staff to probably about 90 or so. And then we reduced that again because we joined our Toshiba copier division in, in um, 
California. And we joined forces for warehouse, HR, accounting. So it left us with probably about 12 of the original people or so, but maybe 15 left between Atlanta and California. And it was really a low point because we were like, what is going on, right? Why are why is technical and product people and sales still left? Why is everybody else's, you know, we've been split up. But in June, we found out, hey, we're acquiring this other big company. We're going to be one big to sheep, a happy family. And it was almost like they ripped the carpet out from underneath me because all of a sudden I felt like I don't know what's going on in my own business. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I felt very isolated. I felt like I was on an island by myself. Um, I remember calling one of our executives and saying, I need, I really need to talk to you. And I remember standing outside the building, literally in tears and telling this person that I'm leaving the company because I don't know what path we're going on. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going to fit. I don't think I'm going to be a fit. And this person from California spent an hour with me on the phone and said, you have a position in this company. You are going to be okay. You are going to be a leader. You are going to be an asset. You are going to carry this forward. And I didn't believe him. I still felt very alone um, because I was the only sales rep in Atlanta at the time. Um, I was still supporting Family Dollar, still the, the business development person for Blue Star at the time, and still just didn't know, right? But it was just that point of my career that I'd, I'm thinking, I've got to go put my resume out. I had I had built my resume. I was getting ready to send it out to other places. And without asking, though, where do I fit and where am I going to be in a year from now, I was just going to leave. I wasn't going to ask the question. Um, but I remember standing outside that building, crying with tissues in my hand, probably runny nose. Uh, it probably was an ugly cry. Um, but here I am, you know, 12 years later with the new big company, Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions, and um, loving every day that I'm here. Um, and I, he was right. I, I do enjoy what I do. So um, it was a very, very difficult period. For sure. Yeah. No, thank you so much, both of you, for sharing the, the stories that you did today. Um, th this is what I was hoping for, you know, when we we set this up, because I know you both are, you know, really transparent in terms of the way that you talk and and the way that you communicate and, and share your story. So if there's a meta lesson for some of the younger folks, I know we have a lot of up and coming uh, leaders listening to this, you know, the path to get to leadership, it's long and winding, has a lot of bumps along the way, you know, um, but boy, is it rewarding uh, when you do get there. And even when you get there, there's still going to be some bumps, but uh, it's definitely, definitely worth worth the journey. So, Sometimes well, thank you very obstacle. much. Yep. Sometimes the obstacle is the way. Sometimes yes. what you think yes. is holding you back really is what's going to excel you forward. Yes. Thank you for that. And I'll close this. I'm going to be super fast uh, so Laura and I can make sure we get to the, the uh, uh, membership committee on time. So that does it for this episode of The Trusted Advisor, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us where you find your favorite podcast. 
my personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. If you want to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the technology industry, go to the RSPA website at gorspa.org. Before we go, thanks again to Laura and Travis for sharing their business with us today. Thanks also to RSPA Marketing Director Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDay for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much for you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.